You're listening to Work in Progress. I'm Ramona Schindelheim, Editor-in-Chief of Working Nation. Work in Progress explores the rapidly changing workplace through conversations with innovators, educators, and decision makers, people with solutions to today's workforce challenges. There are more than 650,000 open cybersecurity jobs, as many as 100,000 open jobs for truck drivers, and as many as 2 million in the healthcare industry right now in this country. All those numbers are expected to grow over the next decade. Each year, more than 200,000 men and women leave the military for civilian life. Tax Force Movement is a public-private business initiative to address those shortages by bringing transitioning service members, veterans, and military families into those in-demand industries. Patrick J. Murphy is the chairman of Task Force Movement. Patrick, welcome to the Work in Progress podcast. Ramona, it's great to be back on with you. <laughs> Good to have you here again. Patrick, uh, you're a veteran yourself. You're former acting secretary of the U.S. Army, former congressman, a vetrepreneur. Uh, you know a lot about what the military people can bring to our civilian government and to our workforce. Tell me a little bit about your own pathway, and then we'll get into the task force movement. I'm very blessed in that I come from a family of veterans. My uh, grandfather served in World War II in the Pacific with the Navy, came back home, drove a truck with the Teamsters, an 18-wheeler, and then my father also joined the Navy during the Vietnam era, drove a truck on the side when he was a Philadelphia police officer, and then I, I worked my way through college before I joined the Army, loading trucks. So, you know, that's that's kind of our background. And then when I was in the Army, I joined at 19 and was blessed enough to go on to the Army company to go to law school and then uh, served in the Army in the JAG Corps. I was a professor at West Point. Uh, I was a hospital general counsel. And then when 9-11 happened, I played twice the combat with the, the second time with the 82nd Airborne Division. And so... Uh, to me, it's always about fighting for my brothers and sisters to give them access to opportunities, opportunities that I had and my family had, and opportunities that are out there, people know about them and can access them. Yeah, underachiever, as I as I like to call my nephew, who has a similar pathway. Uh, <laughs> congratulations on all the work you've done, and thanks for your service to the country and uh, continuing service through the task force movement. Tell me about that. How was this formed? Frankly, I was asked by the, the Biden White House to, to say, hey, we're, we're really struggling. We, you know, we just got done through the, one of the worst global pandemics in world history. Uh, we lost about a million Americans and our supply lines were really vulnerable uh, in that there was a backstop, not just with getting here, ships getting over here to America, but also the lack of truck drivers. And we partnered uh, with Secretary Pete Buttigieg, Secretary of Transportation, President Biden, and last April, April of 2022, we launched Task Force Movement. And it was to solve the pain points that you mentioned, Ramona, the fact that we're uh, between 80 to 100,000 truck drivers short, uh, that they are good paying jobs, that the average truck driver will make over $80,000 a year, that there's misperceptions that most truck drivers are not over the road or overnight truck drivers, that they are, you know, they work, that they're home for dinner overnight to be with their family. So yeah, those are the type of things that we first tackled. And then uh, we expanded it at the president's request in cybersecurity, because when we have over 200,000 veterans who basically are active service members and become veterans every year, over 200,000, and they already have security clearances, 
you know, what they could do in the profession of cybersecurity because there's such a massive growth rate and because there were 650,000 jobs short, including 60,000 just in the federal government, the fact that we're, we tried to solve that. And so again, task force movement, we raised over $10 million with the private sector providing scholarships, whether it's CDL licenses for truck drivers, for veterans going to trucking, the CDL, as you know, is commercial driver's license, or, you know, that certification to go into the cybersecurity profession. And now we launched last April, I'm sorry, last August at the American Legion Conference Task Force Movement with healthcare, because in healthcare, you know, as a former hospital general counsel, we're 2 million jobs short in healthcare, including 1 million nurses. So when you look at the burnout rate with nursing, it's not good. And there's a lot more we need to do to make that a viable profession and to give opportunities for veterans going to healthcare as well. Let's let's dive in a little bit on the trucking. Now, what what do you think and what your organization and the government obviously thinks, what are the skills that a veteran brings into this industry? How can they help in that industry? Trucking is what drives our country, our, tr- our country's economy. And, and so when you look at trucking and you look at veterans on the skill set, we, we live by the Army values or military values. And that's that's leadership, mnemonic leadership, and seven values. It's loyalty, duty, honor, selfless service. And then when you look at personal courage and integrity. So when you look at, you know, those are our values. But, you know, we have a saying in the military, Ramona, that amateurs talk strategy, experts talk logistics. And to be a truck driver, you need to be good in logistics. It's not just about driving a truck. Uh, anyone can do that. A robot can do that. But it's really doing the logistics on managing your time, managing the time, managing when you're going to pick up materials, drop them off, putting the online and personal connection, but being safe and secure, not just with your payload, but also with the folks uh, around you as well. Yeah, I think about all the, just in general, like all the movement, getting a bunch of people from one place to another. That's a, a very big logistics uh almost nightmare, but it gets done every every time that needs to get done. On cybersecurity, I think there's a perception that you need to have some type of, you know, special degree to do this. And I think what you can dispel is some of that myth around that, that you don't need a big degree. You need common sense. Yep, you're exactly right. I mean, when you look at after COVID, uh, cybercrime across our country went up 600%. So whether you're talking about stealing people's identification, so intellectual property of businesses, uh, but also making sure that if we have a foreign entities that are hidden, our companies trying to steal their IP, trying to steal their data, and that privacy of customers' material information, if it gets in the wrong hands, you know people will suffer from identity theft, and so companies are much more obviously aggressive in making sure they're protecting their customers' data, their employees' data, and that's, you know, what we call PII. Uh, but also, you know, when you look at the federal government as well, when we have legions, uh, battalions uh, of folks trying to break into the Department of Defense, Department of State, uh, we all know the fact that two of the major federal agencies were broken into a few months ago. You know, we need more people going to the federal government to go into cybersecurity, and you don't need a your degree on it you just need certification and you know if you have the basic computer skills that you get in the military 
uh, and you're willing to learn more. And when you're certified, uh, it's an incredible profession to go into a profession that's growing, not just in our country, but across the world. In the healthcare industry, you mentioned, I mean, those are pretty stark numbers, 2 million people in the healthcare industry. And I'm sure those are medical technicians and et cetera. But the nurses, the 1 million nurses that are needed, is there a good pipeline through the military for those, to fill those jobs? There is actually one of the largest scholarship programs in America. The largest college scholarship program in America is actually through ROTC. And so when you look at the Army, we have nurses that earn their commission to become Army nurses. And so that's one way, but also the GI Bill. We have about 1.1 million folks utilizing the GI Bill in American colleges and universities right now. So healthcare is will always be there. Uh, people will always get sick. And you know what you're seeing is a lot of these healthcare professionals, when they leave the military or when they leave the military and want to go into the healthcare profession, they understand what health is all about. And and what we call in the Army, the trifecta, it's, it's you got to eat right, you got to sleep slash recovery, and three, you got to exercise. And that's great healthcare, not just sick care. So being proactive and taking control of your individual health is critically important. And that health is not just physical health, but your mental health as well. So task force movement, you're bringing awareness to these issues how are you working with transitioning veterans to make sure they know about these opportunities? And that's a great thing. And this is a public-private partnership. We're partnering with great, incredible nonprofits. Yeah, I already mentioned American Legion and the VFW, but also the U.S. Chamber of Commerce, the Hiring Heroes Foundation. The Hiring Heroes Foundation is a phenomenal organization with the U.S. Chamber. They do these career summits. They do over 50 events a year. So each week they're out there basically going to the military bases or military posts, they're setting up with corporate America or small businesses tables to interview transitioning veterans. And it's not just about them interviewing with these small companies, but it's also educating them on, on how to do a proper LinkedIn profile, do headshots for them. And again, this is free for the employers. It's free for these transitioning active troops and military spouses before they become veterans. And it's a, just a phenomenal synergy that we have with them to move the needle. And, and so that's what we do. Uh, we try to make it as easy as possible. And then we also work with, with companies when it comes to SkillBridge. And SkillBridge is when you're on active service, if you want to learn more about, you know, going back into the private sector, you could for a couple of months or up to six months actually work for a company or a corporation while you're still on active service. There's still be paid on the DOD to make sure that's the right fit for you. And Ramona, why that's important for the American taxpayer is you want these young Americans to have opportunities when they leave the service. You know, we train them up for about three months between active duty and advanced training. And then when we, you know, we do a week long or two weeks long soldier for life TAPS program. TAPS is called transition assistance program. You have two weeks, right? But you want to make sure that they're out there and they're succeeding because they're going to be you know, warriors for life. They're going to be our recruitment tools out there saying, hey, the military took care of me when I was in, made sure we're transitioned the right way. But also, you know, if they don't have a job when they leave, the army, the military simply has to pay their unemployment benefits, UCX. And so when I was helping run the army under President Obama, the, the fact is, is that we were spending about a billion dollars a year on unemployment benefits. That's a lot of money. And that's money we should be spending for our warfighters to make sure that they don't have a fair fight 
against our enemies, that they have a technical tactical advantage over our enemies. And so that's why Skill Bridge and Soldier for Life and Task Force Movement is so critically important. When you talk to employers, what do you say to them about hiring veterans? Why pick a vet? Yeah, well, you know, I've already talked about the, the soft skills that they have, you know, which is, you know, the, those seven army values, uh, you know, of loyalty, duty, honor, selfless service, integrity, personal courage. But these are folks that are going to throw up on time. They're going to throw up for work. They, they're all about, you know, moving the ball forward on behalf of the team and being part of something greater than themselves. So that's what employers are looking for. Secondly, you know, they realize that these active troops and military spouses, you know, we're 46% of us are people of color. We're more diverse than America. So when they have, you know, DEI initiatives, it's incredibly important to, you know, to have you know, veterans in that and, and at the forefront of it because it is the most well-respected profession. And lastly, the innovative skills that they bring. When you look at the World War II generation, we had to have those veterans come back and they start their small business. Of my generation of Iraq and Afghanistan veterans, most of them are choosing to go back and go into companies or corporations. So they're not starting with small business. It's less than 5% that start doing small business. So they have this innovation. They have this intuitive ability to think creatively, to be part of a team and to move the ball forward and to bring a different experience and skill set that regular, frankly, employees don't have. So that's what the employers see. And that's why the hire is not a charity. It's the better their team than they're doing it by hiring American veterans and military spouses. Patrick, thank you for taking some time with me. I appreciate it. Well, thanks so much. We appreciate it. People can find us out on the internet, taskforcemovement.org, or you know my personal site, which is at Patrick Murphy PA, or they can link, find me on LinkedIn, Patrick J. Murphy. And appreciate all that you do and look forward to partnering with you in years to come. Thanks, Ramona. I've been speaking with Patrick J. Murphy, Chairman of Task Force Movement. I'm Ramona Shindelheim, Editor-in-Chief of Working Nation. Thank you for listening.